What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here, and we've got your Week 18 Picks and Preview, the last week of the regular season. This is the first week of the playoffs? Unfortunately, uh, it is not. Although, actually, I'm going to cling, even though there's a lot of shitty matchups this week, I'm going to cling to it. I don't care. I, it's Week 18. Uh, let's Let's embrace it. But um, that being said, there are a handful of games with some playoff implications here. We'll obviously get to those. But I just want to call out that I hit on the primetime parlay again last week. Second time this season I've done that. Um, So if you've been betting along with me. Both of us, then you're still. Then you're down a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But. I, you know, I hit, I knew big Ben was going to come through for me there. Those, yeah, that two point passing yard. Yep. 2.7 yards per attempt on 46 passes. That's uh, you gotta love it. But um, so I, I go into this final week, 37 and 31 toaster. You are 29, 38 and one. So unfortunately you can't catch me here, but that's okay. Um, the multiplier we'll, for ties. Is this like the Powerball? I, I think so, actually. Yeah. yeah, that's you get that Powerball number. Um, so you're Dan Campbell was going for. Now I understand. <laughs> oh, Dan. Yeah, you're in good shape. You're in good company with uh, Dan Campbell there. But as we go into week 18, uh, we have two playoff spots up for grabs in the AFC. The Colts, the Chargers, Raiders, Steelers, and Ravens all still in play there. And then there is one spot up for grabs in the NFC between the 49ers and Saints. So, um, because there's Saturday games, we will pick the Saturday night game. We will pick the Sunday night game. And then Toaster and I will each get two bonus picks. Um, we're going to try to stick with games here that have playoff implications. So starting with Saturday night, the Cowboys at the Eagles. The Cowboys are seven-point favorites in this one. And this, is, this was a tough one for me because... As underwhelming as Dallas was last week um, in that game against Arizona, all the mistakes that they made, Philly's win against Washington wasn't all that convincing either. Um, You know, they won by four points in that one. Um, I feel like Dallas has more on the line in this game than Philly does. And they're going to want to get rolling again offensively, clean up those mistakes and basically set out my prognostications from last week against the Cardinals. And now you're going to get to be right about it. What the fuck? Yeah, pretty much. Hey, you're a week early, bro. Sorry. Um, But I, I, the seven points worries me here uh, for sure. Uh, Divisional game. You know, we talk about that all the time and the Eagles have played everyone for the most part, pretty tough this year. But I think Dallas cleans up the mistakes enough. Mike McCarthy gets out of their way and I think they win by at least a touchdown in this one. So I'm on the Cowboys minus seven. I'm also going to be on the Cowboys minus seven. Um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles got the first taste of the Washington barricades. I think that that's going to be their new (laughs) name. Stay tuned February 2nd for the final reveal. Um, But they just, they, they haven't done anything in the last couple weeks to show me that they 
can hang with a legitimate contender. We're playing New York twice. We're playing Washington twice. Like this is just, you know, beating up on, on subpar competition. And yeah. when Dallas played Philadelphia earlier in the year, granted Dak Prescott was healthier at that time, but they didn't need much from him. Elliott was under 100 yards rushing. Prescott was under 250 yards passing. Schultz was their leading receiver, and they won by 20 points. I think that the talent discrepancy between these two teams is just too great, and Dallas is ultimately going to get this one done. And again, we make it past Thursday. Great job. Great job, folks. Woo, we did it. Um, My other thought here is, uh, as you mentioned, the Washington Barricades is – what, did Dan Campbell have some involvement in that? Because Jalen Hurts almost got kneecapped on that uh, <laughs> on that fall. So I I think we need to start an investigation there. There's a lot of investigations going on in Washington. Football team investigation. I'm sure that'll yeah. be um, up front and completely transparent. Yeah, somebody check Dan Campbell's emails. Okay. Um, all right. So we are both on the Cowboys minus seven. So like it. Let's go. Um, you want to switch right to Sunday night or should we hit the Sunday day games first? No, let's go, let's go Sunday night. I think that this okay. is one that most people are going to care about. This one has, um, this is a win and in game or a tie and in game for both of them. <laughs> um, which I think, uh, um, as much as we like, uh, Brandon Staley came out and said, he is not going to go for, you know, wearing out Justin Herbert's knee, you know, those ACL injuries, they, I don't repetitive wear that sort of stuff. You don't want, you don't want to go for this. So it will be a game and it will probably ultimately dictate who gets into the playoffs, which is nothing could be better for the NFL right now. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a divisional game. It's one of the young stars of the league in the chargers. And from the Raiders standpoint, it's honestly a really cool storyline. The fact that they're even here um, speaks, you know, volumes about (laughs) collusion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know you're on that conspiracy train, Um, but what they've been able to do, you know, Derek Carr has been up and down, but keeping that team afloat. um, I can never remember how to say their head coach's name. So I'm just going to call him Rick Biscotti. Yeah. But, it's a biscotti. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a tasty bread treat. Yes, exactly. Um, it, you know, super commendable what they've been able to do. I'm rooting for them, but they haven't scored more than 23 points since November. Mm-hmm. And Herbert, it, as up and down as the Chargers have been, Justin Herbert's still playing at a really high level right now. And I think he scores more than 23 points in this one. And Honestly, well, first of all, I'll say I'll believe Brandon Staley when I see it. Like if the Colts lose and this becomes a kneel off potential, then uh, we'll see. But assuming that doesn't happen and he is playing, um, I feel like this could come down to like a Staley fourth down decision in the red zone, which I am like super here for to see what that discourse is like on Twitter. Um, but ultimately this is only a three point game. Chargers are three point favorites. Um, they clinch with a win or tie here. Like you mentioned, I'm, I'm going to go with the chargers in this one. They won the first matchup, even though this feels like kind of a different team with the chargers right now. And the Raiders are playing tough. 
I think the Chargers and Justin Herbert are just too talented and the Raiders season is going to come to an end finally. My biggest hesitation is the line being exactly three, which seems like a big F you to the last five years of Chargers kicking um, and basically <laughs> Chargers game management. I'm right. ultimately with you. Again, the talent discrepancy between these two teams. I, I'm As much as Derek, Derek Carr has come back in these last two games, he didn't deserve to, right? Like it took the other team messing up to give him the opportunity to ultimately yeah. lead a, a game winning drive and not putting it past the chargers to give them that opportunity. But I, I just don't think that it's going to happen three weeks in a row where Derek Carr gets the opportunity to throw away the game and mm-hmm. gets n- another chance mm-hmm. to ultimately come out and win. And it my at minus three, I just see it being that the chargers are up by enough that Derek Carr has to ultimately go in mm-hmm. and get a touchdown to make the game competitive, it's not mm-hmm. going to be something where the the Chargers just kneel it out at, at plus two. Right. I mean, this is a this would be a pretty damning loss, though, for the Chargers, wouldn't it? Oh, like, it would, well, it would be. I mean, it would pretty much cement their place in history that it's not a coaching staff. This isn't Anthony Lynn. This isn't Brandon Staley. This isn't Marty Schottenheimer. This is just the San Diego Chargers, the Chargers, the LA Chargers, <laughs> that is who they are, right? Bring, right. Bring Dennis Green back and say they are who we thought they were. Because if they, if they go out in this way, that would probably be the most detrimental thing that I've seen from the Chargers and what's left of their fan base for the legit in the memorable, memorable past, right? Like they, right. They are usually out of it enough that you're like, okay, yep, we lost every game this season by one possession, but we were never actually in the playoff hunt, so it was okay. And now yeah. they're backing their way into the playoffs against the Raiders, and I think ultimately they do it. Yeah. Uh, J-Rob, you are our AFC West guy here. So how are you feeling about this one? I love the Raiders in this situation because of what Ryan, uh, Toaster had just said. Um I think the char- I think the ghosts of Chargers past are gonna come and haunt them again because it I don't think it's a personal thing at this point because there's guys that have not been in the league and witnessed the Chargers like Herbert's been a young guy he's probably witnessed them blow these leads other guys have witnessed former Charger teams blow these kind of leads and I just get this feeling that if the game gets tight they're gonna get that oh shit here we go again start creeping in their head and I think the uh, ghosts of Chargers past are gonna start whispering in their ears and I think I think there's gonna be a blunder it's not gonna be a pretty win by the Raiders it's gonna be something that the Chargers are gonna have to blow for them to win and I think it's gonna happen I just the ghosts of Chargers past are real man and I think the Raiders here are gonna win it and force everyone to wonder where the issue truly lies with Chargers and I can't wait. I can see where you're coming from. My thing is that the Raiders just aren't putting up points right now. 23 points last week was the most they've put up as, as, since as, or sorry, as John said, um, since week 12. And the Chargers just put up more points than that. They, quite frankly, the times they haven't was a Baltimore defense, a Denver defense, and a Minnesota defense. Everything else. And a, and a Dallas Cowboys defense. 
So if you look at those as top tier defenses, which I think most of us would agree that they're in at least the upper half of the league, then the Cow or the Raiders aren't going to be able to compete compete with their defense ranked at twenty three in Devo A. But you don't think this being essentially a playoff game, you kind of throw everything out the window because it is a win and winner go home game. That's true. I mean, Derek Carr with with that mascara, it, it just it kind of feels. It never like runs, man. It never runs on a concert. Similar. He's just permanently that. prepared for the limelight. That's all. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if he comes out in baby oil, maybe maybe there's a chance the Chargers got it. But I. Dude, I just think the ghosts of Chargers pass, man. The fans feel it. The players feel it. Even if they weren't on those teams, I think it just starts to creep in, whether it's the media asking questions or players just starting to be like, oh, shit, here we go again. I think it's going to happen. I feel it in my bones. All right. Can I side note this real quick? Yes. So we, t- we talked shit about PFF's um, quarterback grading pretty consistently. Guess who is the least variable team in the NFL according to DVOA's variance rankings. The the Chargers? The Chargers. The least variable? I'm just pulling out what what the numbers are telling me. I don't really That is crazy. They somehow, some way, are considered the least variable team according to Yeah, 3.5% variance it feels like they've had like three different seasons all rolled into this one season that that's so crazy not to me. variable because they are so variable and that's why that stat is flawed it's just like we don't know how to interpret this it, your standard deviation is a thousand and we only right. go to 100 so we're just gonna continue you're just good say yeah. that you're you're the the least variable team interesting very very interesting all right, uh, moving on to my first bonus pick here. Uh, another divisional matchup, two teams uh, fighting for a playoff spot. The Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens are five and a half point favorites at uh, at this time. Are they Lamar Jackson or is this like an amateur boxing match? Like this is getting Jake Paul back into things and just saying, all right, yep, we're, we're competitors. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we don't yet know Lamar Jackson's fate, although it would appear that he's probably not going to play again. Um, Both of their playoff clinching scenarios involve uh, several other teams. I'll just run through them real quick. The Ravens clinch with a win, a Chargers loss to the Raiders, a Colts loss, and a Dolphins loss or tie to the Patriots. Uh, the Steelers clinch with a win, a Colts loss, and uh, the Vegas uh, Chargers game, somebody winning. So as long as that game doesn't end in a tie. Um, so the Steelers is a little more plausible. But for me, the only option here is to have Big Ben coach the Jacksonville Jaguars this week and <laughs> have Mason Rudolph play for the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ben, you know... He emptied the tank last week. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like if anything came out when he emptied it, but 48 dropbacks, 46 pass attempts for 123 yards, 2.7 yards per attempt was just barely better than Mike Glennon's 2.2 yards per attempt. And Mike Glennon threw for 24 yards. So uh, 
not necessarily the, I don't know, uh, the ending to his Heinz Field career that Ben Roethlisberger was probably Double hoping for. You can't take but they did win. Time. They did win. So I just feel like um, Ray Ray McLeod, Steel- leading receiver with 35 yards. Ray Ray McLeod, good old Ray Ray. Yeah. Um, this one just feels like I look at the line. And even though the Raider, the Ravens have been like underwhelming and we know all their injury issues and yada, yada, this is Vegas telling us something here. Um, five and a half points with Tyler Huntley at quarterback and everything else surrounding the Ravens. I, as much as I, you know, commend Mike Tomlin and the job he's done this year, he's, he proved me wrong that he will not have a losing record, uh, you know even though it could be eight, eight and one uh, still, I, I think I'm going with the Ravens on this one. I just feel like um, the Steelers, that was such an emotional, you know, bust really <laughs> last week. And I just don't know what else they have, you know, to left in the tank for this game. Um, both teams with the weird clinching scenarios. I don't, I don't really have a feel for like how motivated either of them will be from that scenario. But um, I, I think I'm going to go game. with. It's an opportunity to knock Roethlisberger down a peg. Like I think there's yeah. competition here. For sure. For sure. Potentially uh, Roethlisberger's was... last game ever. And then um, I ultimately have Very to agree true. with you. Tyler Huntler's Tyler Huntley's never lost by more than two points his entire career. Well, and there you go. Both of the and two of those were on failed two point conversions where he could have tied the game and won the game. So, um, given him, oh wait, the Ravens are minus five and a half. Oh shit. yes, yes. Never mind then. He's also that... never won a game by more than three <laughs> points. So um... okay, <laughs> so we've come full circle on that one. Yeah, yeah. No, holy shit. I mean, I'm still on the Ravens at this point. I just. Uh, I, well, that's I, what I'm saying. I Doesn't bitch, this line I, I bitch say about, to you? I bitch about how I can be so right and so wrong each week, and I understand what my record is, what I, what it says it is, and I will not get away from that. But if you told me that Ben Roethlisberger was going to throw for 2.7 yards per attempt last week and they were going to cover the spread, I would have said, you're a moron, right? Like, So I'm at this same place where... Ben is just, I mean, he, he's, he hasn't thrown for 160 yards in three weeks, and he might have some arm fatigue, Eli Manning style at this point. If Harris isn't able to get it done on the ground again, which against the Baltimore defense, that he's probably not going to be able to. Um, I mean, we talked about how, I mean, we didn't recap the Rams game in as much detail as it probably did, it probably should have, but um throwing against that secondary that's absolutely decimated and Stafford still couldn't get it done. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, they're so well coached. Yeah. Roethlisberger to get it done even more than um, Stafford was able to. So um, I'm with you on taking minus five and a half with the Ravens um, as much as it was way, I was way more confident when they were getting five and a half points. (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly okay what's um, this handicapping situation you're just so oh i'm so good at this and do i not get like a plus one plus two somewhere come on vegas help me out yeah you can uh pay pay for some extra points there if you want all the teaser yes 
Um, all right. I think uh, your bonus pick, your first bonus pick anyway, is Niners at Rams. Is that right? Sure. Why not? All right. Niners at Rams were four and a half point favorites. Uh, where are you going in this one? I'll just preface Niners get in their scenario is in with a winner tie, but they can be knocked out with a loss and a Saints win at Atlanta. And the Rams have already lost to San Francisco this year and absolutely got destroyed in that game. 31 to 10. I just think that these are two teams again going in opposite directions. Not that that's helped me in my past on my picks. Um, Rams after losing three in a row. If you, I mean, they had a three-game losing streak between a four-game winning streak and now a five-game winning streak. I think that they are in the position where they know that they need to win this game to maintain mm-hmm. the home field advantage, which they actually have, unlike the Chargers in LA and they'll get it done. I We don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is ultimately playing at this point. He was throwing today, which was the most recent update, but Trey Lance just still looked too way too volatile, especially against an opportunistic big play defense like the Rams. Um, I'm yeah. going right now assuming that it's going to be Trey Lance, and with that, I think that the Rams easily cover four and a half points. Yeah, I I think I would be on that one with you as well. Um, what a weird year for the Niners. <laughs> like go, going all the way back to the draft, right? Um, it's just very, very strange. But I think they are... I They will feel fine with a loss and being eliminated from the playoffs here. Their future is Trey Lance, you know, even if we haven't really gotten a chance to see it or see enough flashes from him yet. But I think they're thinking longer term right now. Um, The Rams, like you said, a win secures the NFC West and home field. That is very, very important. Um, I'm I I think four and a half is low enough for me here that I'm going to go with you on that one as well. Appreciated. Like solidarity. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. My second bonus pick here is uh going to be the Saints at the Falcons. So Saints minus four and a half. Um, Saints, like I mentioned, get in with a win and a Niners loss. And given that I just said I think the Niners are going to lose, I think the Saints are gonna get in. Um they've hung around somehow throughout this season um you know their win last week um against carolina wasn't pretty um but eight point win against a divisional opponent uh Taysom hill threw for 222 yards um and as i don't know terrible as that offense looks with Taysom hill running it i i think they have enough was to that, beat the Falcons. Was that technically QB3 versus QB3? Or are we throwing Darnold back in at number one? Yeah, I mean, I guess he could be considered QB3 given how the season unfolded. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, quite the matchup. And this QB3 has somehow led this team to a potential playoff berth. So Sean Payton, you know, deserves all the praise in the world. Um, I hope he 
decides to leave the Saints and uh, the Bears throw a boatload of money at him. But uh, the Saints minus four and a half. I am on it. I think they'll make the playoffs. It'll be an unceremonious early exit for them. But given that I don't think the Niners will beat the Rams, I do think the Saints take care of business against Atlanta. So Saints minus four and a half. What do you think? All right, I'm going to take one for the team here and disagree with you only because I agree with you, but because I agree with you, that means your parlay is fucked. Um, so <laughs> Falcons plus four. This is the Cordero Patterson just pop-off game. Doesn't need anything in fantasy for me anymore, so just fucking go for it. Um, no, I mean, it is a divisional game. Those are always tighter. Um, yeah. And knowing that they need to win to get in, I, I'm with you that they see this as a true opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the Rams are a better team, whether or not they cover it four and a half um, than the 49ers. And so they're they're going to show up. But like I said, I'm doing this one for you. J-Rob, where do you I appreciate in? it. Uh, I've been kind of hating on the Saints for a few weeks because of their lack of offense, but their defense, the way they've been playing, just keeps them in games. And woo, buddy, that Falcons offensive line is awful. And so I think it's just going to be a field day for that defense. And, I mean, Matt Matt Ryan's good, but I think he's going to have guys in his face on like three-step drops, and it's just not going to be a good time for him, let alone the rest of the Falcons team. And – I do think the Falcons are kind of ready to start looking into what the off season is going to hold for a lot of these guys and kind of how they're going to, are they, are they going to move on or not? And so I think saints by a four and a half is reasonable and definitely going to, I think they'll come through. The intern said it, not fucking me. Do you have anything else to say intern? Um, about this next game, about the next game. Toasters second bonus pick. Oh, we are gonna no no no. Oh, we are no. gonna we're gonna saddle Toaster here for his uh, oh, sterling record. Uh, your last bonus pick is gonna have to be the Colts at the Jags, a fifteen and a half point spread. Uh, Colts clinch with a win or a tie. Uh, there are scenarios where they can lose. It involves the Raiders winning and um, some scenarios with the Pittsburgh Baltimore game, but. 15 and a half points. I think we're going to assume that the Colts win this one. Maybe You're struggling so much on the parlays that you got to take this cupcake of a game. I mean, a cupcake of a game. We're not doing money line here. Otherwise be absolutely crushing it. Probably like 52, 53% on the uh-huh. season. <laughs> yeah, um, uh-huh. <laughs> no, um, this is one where, yes, we're trying to pick games with playoff implications here just to keep it interesting again for you, the couple listeners. Um, Indianapolis against Jacksonville, 15 and a half. Wentz hasn't done shit. I'm so impressed by this team being able to make it into the playoffs, which I think that they ultimately do. I don't expect Jacksonville to win, but I do expect them to be able to pop off for enough to keep it at 15 and a half, even if that's a backdoor cover, mostly because they're going to be relying on, in my opinion, what I would do is run Jonathan Taylor into the ground and try to get that MVP trophy in his hands. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an uphill battle right now. 
um, based on what Aaron Rodgers was able to do against the Vikings or the undermanned Vikings last week. But this this is their his last hurrah to try to make a statement. Um, and it's gonna it's against Jacksonville. He's gonna need a super impressive performance. And I just don't see him popping off three 50 plus yard runs trying to get that MVP trophy. So Jacksonville will keep it close enough to cover at 15 and a half. Wentz hasn't done at, he hasn't done dog shit um, these last, I mean, really most of the year. He went for 306 yards against Tampa Bay in a loss. Other than that, he it was week five against Baltimore, which again was a, a loss with 400 yards. But those are the only two games he has with over 300 yards passing. So um, the defense for the Jacksonville Jags can do enough, even if they're 31st ranked DVOA, and keep <laughs> it within 15 and a half. All right, you're rolling with the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, hey, hey, taking hey, they've, they've got they've covered 15 and a half in one of their last five games. So you got to play the odds. So they're due, is what you're saying? No, I, yeah. I think they're they're fucked. But um, <laughs> they are four and twelve against this, the spread. This is what sports betting's about. Yeah, they lost twenty to nothing against the Tennessee Titans. They lost thirty-seven to seven against the Los Angeles Rams against Houston only lost by 14 okay so i was wrong progress so yeah yeah, so they they have only lost they're two and three against a 15 and a half point spread with that uh loss over loss to houston and that loss to new york uh two weeks ago okay well uh as much as i commend you for uh taking the jags there um i think we're a jags helmet in the primetime parlay picture no uh definitely did not so thanks for giving me some extra work there but jagging off jagging off um all right let's hit on some of the other games here so uh we've touched on every one second oh okay rob do you not want to throw out the the stat of the week for the jacksonville colts game Stadley for the Col- Jacksonville Colts, Colts game. Colts haven't won in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. They're 0-6. 2014. They're 0-6. So, yeah. Again, oh. I'm not so ballsy that I'm calling a straight-up win here. But, yeah, covering. It's tough to jack off in, in Florida if you're the Colts. It does make you wonder. Like, clearly that's, you know, multiple coaching trees, multiple player, like, roster changes that, like, is there mm-hmm. something in the water in Duval that just yeah? Oh, there is right. hundred <laughs> percent. Probably completely covered analogy that no one's using it. So yeah. Oh, there's definitely something in the water there for sure. Is there um, something to be said about being a dome team in a place that's cold right now? Indy's cold. It's winter. Going somewhere down like Duval, where it's going to be humid, it's going to have it kind of a similar effect from a warm team going to a cold place. You know. If it's 30s and you're going to like 70 degree What's, humid weather, you're going to be you're going to be right, sweating. Let's not, I appreciate it in turn. Let's not try to defend this pick so vehemently. This is a lot of effort. It's about doing. honor, man. It's about <laughs> honor. If you're, if the if the parlays aren't hitting, the ego's got to stay intact, man. So, all right, I think we can move on from this one. Um, so we've touched on every game that has uh, a team involved with a clinching scenario to get into the playoffs. There are a few games though, that have seeding implications. Um, probably don't have to go too long on it, but the Titans are minus 10 and a half at the Texans and Titans can clinch the one seed with a win. So 
this obviously is big from that standpoint, but it's a 10 and a half point spread. They're getting, even if they don't put Derrick Henry in at all. There's, there's no way they can put Derrick Henry in. Yeah. Don't rush him back. No, I agree. But the emotional boost that they inevitably are getting from him returning this week and, you know, being healthy for the playoffs, if they can get that by, I, I mean, that's obviously a huge, huge motivator. So I don't know if there is another scenario here where a team that is a one seed playing a terrible team with a double digit spread, you know, is ever going to have like such motivation to to win the game as I think the Titans do here. So um, this is unless you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs who are in the exact same scenario against the Denver Broncos fighting, but they don't can. They don't control control their own destiny, destiny. though. They do not. So, I mean, I think... um, They've got to go to the strip club to get their destiny. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, Titans win and they're in. But like you said, if they don't, the Chiefs can clinch the one seed with a win and a Titans loss or tie. Or if the Chiefs tie and the Titans lose. But either way, they need the Titans to lose that game. Chiefs are 10-point favorites. J-Rob, any reason to think that the Broncos are going to put up a fight in week 18 here? No, I think it, they just get ran up on. I think emotionally the team's checked out based on how things are looking, how plays are going, and how just cl- like clunky everything looks. Not real happy with the uh, outcome of this year. What's up? Anybody? Melvin Gordon was not real happy with the outcome of this year. I don't know if... Yeah, when you said that, that one, but... you're like a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah. Which is a little bit of a what did he say? He said that the Broncos There's have too talent, much talent on yeah. this team to have the record that they ultimately do, which sounds like a direct shot at Vic Fangio. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And so I think players are trying to kind of help him out out the door, and I think they're not gonna try and help him out on the field. And so I think, yeah, the Chiefs have more much more to lose than the Broncos have to gain. And I think the Chiefs just run it up. And not even from a disrespect standpoint, I just think the Broncos just aren't going to be there. And I think the Chiefs are just going to handle it. Um, One thing real quick about the Texans, a little off the field, off the field storyline. There's Deshaun Watson sighting for the first time since pretty much the preseason. And it makes you wonder, he was out uh, with his girlfriend for for her 26th birthday, took her to a super nice restaurant. Definitely was a lot of like publicity around. People saw what was going on. Do you think that he's now in PR mode, do you think by him showing a public face at this time and the time of year, like he's got everything settled and that he's pretty much poised to be moved and ready to go? I think I'd be right. It felt very calculated. I think it was her birthday and the grand jury trial will tell us way more about what his future is than him going out to a nice restaurant. Imagine dating settled. Yeah, that, that, no, that's true. They they have been discussing settlement again more recently, though, right? That's yeah, and it, he's been trying to like get it all settled to where it doesn't have to go to court. And so, is this like a Kobe Bryant settlement, RIP, where you you give him a ring and just call it even? Could be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be. But it, I I just found it interesting that like the timing felt after being just under the radar for so long. To be publicly out, you know, I feel like it's very much an optic thing being like, hey, man, I'm out with my girlfriend, showing her a great time, being a great guy. 
trying to kind of rebuild that brand that I don't know. Well, he Could didn't be. want to be a distraction and, you know, the Houston Texans have only been eliminated from playoff contention for a couple of weeks now. So he's probably trying <laughs> to do right by his team, make sure that uh, they were motivated to do what they needed to do. I, I don't know. I wouldn't read much into anything in that situation. There's still too, way too many legal ramifications to say that he's going to build his, build up his PR by making a public appearance. I'm with it. But- my biggest takeaway is I can't believe he's dating somebody right now amidst all this stuff. That's that's pretty wild. Um, all right. Moving on here. Um, it's another the biggest spread of the week, actually. But the Jets at the Bills, who are minus 16 and a half. Uh, the Bills clinch the AFC East with a win or a Patriots loss. Or if both this game ties and then Patriots Dolphins ends in a tie as well. But Regardless, um, Bill's 16 and a half point favorites with a divisional opponent with the opportunity to clinch the division. I think that tells you all you need to know about this game. But the Patriots are minus six and a half in Miami. So um, the Pats actually have two interesting scenarios here. So they can clinch the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss. They also have a path to the one seed in the AFC with a win, a Buffalo, uh, Buffalo loss. And, um, they need a Titans loss and a chiefs loss. (laughs) So, uh, there's, there's some things that need to fall into place here, but they still are in play for the one seed for whatever that's worth. So you're saying that the, the Patriots have a path to the one seed. If they, if there's a 16.5 blown spread, a 10.5 blown spread and a 10 point blown spread. So they're only 37 and a half points away from. Yeah. Okay. From being the one seed. Yeah. Uh, not to mention their own six and a half here. So um, <laughs> how confident toaster are you in this? I, I know going to Miami has been, um, you know, a challenge at times for not just the Patriots, but a ton of teams. Obviously most of that is earlier in the year when it's warm. Um Patriots coming off pretty big win last week. Obviously they're playing for the division. You know, what, what, where's your head at ultimately with this one and this spread? I'm not confident at all. Quite frankly, I'm ecstatic that they clinched the playoffs already because their track record down in Miami has been terrible in the Bill Belichick era. Um, comparatively, I mean, obviously there's a, <laughs> right. there's a certain level of threshold of excellence that you've got. Oh, they're only winning like 60% of their games. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, and that Dolphins have the Dolphins have a great defensive team. It looks to me like a great tune-up game. And quite frankly, I don't care about this game either way because the playoff matchups either way are intriguing to me. Um, obviously, you'd love to have a number one seed, but I don't think we anybody's under the impression that that's ultimately going to happen. So, like, right. do the Patriots match up better against the Bills for the third time in a, in a season? Do they match up better against the Cincinnati Bengals with potentially a, a banged-up Joe Burrow? Um, I don't think that they're actually in play for the seventh seed against the um, against the Chiefs, but Chiefs, like, yeah. it's ultimately, you know, I think this one, you just let it ride. You let you open up Mac Jones a little bit. You see what he can do, and if he can take on a Dolphins defense, then again, you got to be scared of the Patriots going into the playoffs. And if he's not able to, you're still in the playoffs, and you game plan differently against 
Bills, Chargers, or sorry, they won't play the Chargers, but Bills, Bengals, or, or Chiefs, whoever they end up mm-hmm. playing. So um, I think this is one where they let Mac loose a little bit and see what see what do. happens. Especially, I mean, you get, if you want to go into narratives, it's Jamar Chase against Mac Jones for the offensive rookie or for the rookie of the year, right? And mm-hmm. Chase probably isn't going to have the most outstanding game if uh, Joe Burr's not playing next week. So this is the opportunity for um, him to go out with Mac Jones to go out with a bang and make a statement and you know give it to a quarterback, which is a pretty prototypical move of of that award. Right? Most of the awards, yeah. Yeah, this will be interesting. Um, I I want to feel confident in the Patriots here, but the Dolphins have been weird enough, <laughs> right? Um, and it's that little bit of weirdness that with six and a half points, divisional game, it, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But um, I mean, I'm here ultimately for chaos. So let's see the Pats clinch the one seed. Let's, let's see the dominoes fall here. So. Um, I won't get in your way. All right. Uh, looking at some of the remaining games here, um, not a lot left with intrigue. You have Bears Vikings playing for nothing. Um, the Packers Lions. That this is really, I guess, maybe the weirdest one remaining. The Packers are a four point favorite at the Lions. They've already clinched the one seed. Aaron Rodgers is is playing. We don't know really for how long I'm guessing Vegas knows based on this line. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I mean, the money line is only minus 200. So just the Packers yeah. win straight up minus 200 against the lions. Um, again, we don't tilt talk yellow Vegas, but looking at this line compared to something like the Rams 49ers, which both teams are having something to fight for. And it's a yeah. point different compared to what the Packers and lions are fighting for. Um, it's a little weird. But Rogers says he's going to play, and I don't think Rogers wants to lose to the Lions, regardless of whether or not he's in the driver's seat or he's sitting on the sideline next to a heater. Yeah, I agree. Um, he wants to. This is really an opportunity for him to put an exclamation point on his MVP campaign. So, um, yeah, I I think the Packers cover this one pretty pretty handily can we throw uh, one thing out here right now because I, ha- I haven't done all the stats but this might be one of the best against the record spreads i've ever seen in week 18 actually i know it is no i'm kidding um in week 17 or beyond 12 and 4 for the packers and 10 and 6 for the lions eight games or four games above four 500 for the packers and two games above 500 for the lions that's a pretty damn good against the record spread for both teams 22 and 10 yeah no that's that's impressive hey the fighting dan campbells have been you know i either i don't know if it's good or bad for vegas that their record against the spread is so good um probably depends on if you're a lions fan and you just hammer the lines every week or not but um yeah man they're they're competing i love it i love to see against against the spread records like i will say one more thing that i mean we shit on dan campbell at the beginning of the season because we thought he was just you know this bro that was coming in and wasn't going to be able to rally his team what he said about that end round against when the seahawks ran up the score essentially on mm-hmm. him like it's our job to fucking stop him it was like that is i love dan campbell that's dude fo- that's football coach right there I'm just like if you guys have a problem with this then get off my damn team because 
The problem should be you hitting them in the face and mm-hmm. stopping them from scoring. Oh, yeah. Between that, between his decisions to go for it on fourth down, his his kicking versus going for it decisions all year, um, and just how tough. Crying when, at like week five, when he was just like, I'm here to fight for my boys. And like, yeah, man, we didn't do enough, you know. I'm, I'm here for it. I, I'm, I'm back huge in on that train fan. for sure. Totally. Sean Watson to the Detroit Lions around the, <laughs> NF- the NFC North. Yeah. Um, all right. Another divisional game here. The football team minus six and a half at the Giants. Um, the Giants, even with, I don't know, man, like Joe Judge staying for next year. This team is just on fire. And I think the fighting Taylor Heineke's who are going to get a new name soon are, are going to cover the spread. I mean, the giants might be like, as we go into this final week, the worst team in football, they are the worst team in football. And I have no hesitation in saying that. I think the reason that uh, Joe judge went off on his tirade was he's like, I'm not going to have 11 minutes of podium time again in my career. So I might as well, get it out of the way now and get fired game four next season since it sounds like they're going to ultimately stick around with him but um yeah that, i mean after that showing against the bears there there's just no punch there's no fight mike lennon is no idea how he made as much money in his career as he did and he can't be on a roster next year right like yeah. no way yeah there there is no way um jake from potentially too but uh, i think that's Rookie car, rookie contracts. Uh, we'll probably keep them there, but yeah. they they look damn awful. Yeah. Um, Seahawks at Cardinals. So Cardinals need a Rams loss to the Niners to be able to clinch the um, NFC West with a win. They're six and a half point favorites at home here. This one's interesting to me because I think even if you know the, the Rams game will be happening at the same time, so the Cardinals won't really know. Um, so they're, they're obviously going to be motivated to win no matter what, but potentially Russell Wilson's last game as a Seattle Seahawk and whatever magic that has, you know, potentially Pete Carroll's last game as a coach, coach of this, that team I heard as well earlier today that the coaching staff is safe. So I think that they're sticking with at least oh, really? one of the two. Yeah. So, I mean, they okay. prefer to stick with both and. To me, it sounds like Russ is coming around. I think that both him and Aaron Rodgers are realizing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. There's not a Peyton Manning right off into the sunset situation. And to, and to me, the Peyton Manning situation only happened because you had a what you thought was a generational quarterback fall into your lap after you know a 2-14 right. season. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do everything that they can to hold on. And I think that both of those two are way too concerned with their legacy to ultimately move on, but we can discuss that in the off season for sure. And then our final game here, the Panthers at the bucks who are minus seven and a half. Is there any reason to watch that game? See if Antonio Brown comes back on, does like a reversal of his, comes on shirtless, puts on the shoulder pads, and no, I Antonio Brown's still a buck. That's purely a transactional move, in my opinion, to make sure that he doesn't go to another team. 
the Panthers, if they weren't able to do anything against the Saints last week, and Sam Darnold is once again their starting quarterback, I think that you know this is something you move on from. I'm not going to say I would bet either line, just because the Bucks' offense has kind of been a weird place right now with no Fournette, yeah. a banged-up Evans, no Godwin, no Brown. Um, but the Panthers just it, they didn't show anything against the Saints, and I, I mean, I guess. If you're going to put money on something, it's a it's a Bucks interception. Sure. All right. Um, that covers us. Oh nope. Sorry. the The game that we I was going to say I was like I don't we think probably... we talked about it, but we might have talked about it. Bengals at Browns. Browns are six point favorites. No Joe Burrow. No Baker Mayfield. Um, I will say that the Bengals do have a path to the one seed in the AFC as well here. Um, so they need a win and then a loss from Tennessee, Kansas City, and New England. Um, Can we put it or, in way? We need a win from the Jaguars, the Texans, and Dolphins. And I think at that point, you're like, okay, yeah, let's let's just sit Joe <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, one seed implications in this one, but um, mostly what this game is to me is the Bengals getting ready for the playoffs and the Browns having one of the larger collapses of a, a, a team, you know, looking at preseason expectations for a roster that we've seen in some time here. Um, these Browns are frankly a disaster right now with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I know he's under contract for one more year here, but they've got to make a, a pretty big decision on him. Um, and I, he's not the guy, right? Like I think we've all kind of come to that conclusion at this point. To me, this was a complete Stefanski mismanagement. Like you need to shut him. I understand you were in playoff contention, but yeah. he did absolutely nothing the last i mean basically since he's been injured so you right. either sit down and say okay let's try to rest this naturally or you just go in and say guess what this is our season our starting quarterback for his rotator cuff whatever you want to do and yeah. and throw it in right i mean mayfield hasn't has even he's okay he's thrown for 300 yards twice once in week five and once in week one and other than that he hasn't done action so well and um, he just looks oh, bad i mean sacks, i mean not saying the steelers defense isn't something spectacular but watt definitely appreciated that he was playing against uh the browns that week yeah um he didn't even try to get away there was just no just there was no spark no anything they looked like the walking dead out there and unfortunately the walking dead was playing the walking dead and it resulted in a 12 point victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a nice little parlay for uh, our Sir John. The Walking Dead was playing the Walking Boot. Get it right, bro. Mm. Big oh, Ben's Walking yes. Boot. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's why you get paid the big bucks, J Rob. That's why you get paid the big bucks. All right. Uh, well, that does it for our week 18 picks and preview. Any last words before we close out on the regular season here? I guess technically uh, we'll do it in the recap episode on Monday, but one still. thing worth noting, uh, Darren Waller is slated to be back for the Raiders, which would be a bit of an upgrade Ooh. 
for them against Chargers. It would make it spicy. Makes it spicy. Um, I also think that Derrick Henry coming back is even more terrifying than it was 10 weeks ago because of the way Deontay Foreman has been running. Do you really want to tackle those two guys for an entire game in January? They can't in cold weather. No, but like if, if Deontay (laughs) Foreman's your third down back, like you're having a fresher Henry fresher because he's chilling and Deontay Foreman showed that he can, you know, carry the rock, you know, he can bring from a legitimate injury. (laughs) You got to chill to get better, man. You know, I mean, uh, I'm shitting on J Rob right now, but that's because our next pod will be on black Monday and who the fuck knows if I'll still be here. So, Oh yeah. For if you have another uh, showing like you did last recap and find out what black Monday ultimately brings us because there's, I mean, just, Rapid fire circle. Who's who's gone? Intern J Rob, I'll give you the the, the start. Oh, uh, I mean, Vic's gone. Like, Vic's gone. Yeah, he's out. All right. I think Patton's going for Zimmer. That's my what early prediction. You? What about you, John? Uh, do I? Th- I mean, Nagy's for sure out. <laughs> um, giving you easy ones here. Right. Um, it, well, give me give me names, and I, I'll tell you if they're going to be there or not. Urban Meyer. No. Um, uh, McCarthy's gone. McCarthy? I don't think so. You don't Mike think McCarthy's McCarthy? gone? Not on not on Black. Monday. They're like a third. Oh, sorry. We're talking season. just on Monday. I'm thinking like yeah. off season. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Matt We're Rule. talking Monday lynchings. Got it. Matt Rule. Um, I think he's Matt Rule. I I think he's safe too. Unfortunately, for whoever plays quarterback for them next year. Yeah, I think Mike Zimmer. So we're we're thinking Zimmer's out potentially. I think just the way his post game went, I think he's checked out. I think he knows he's gone. I think a pretty light Black Monday, honestly. Yeah, I I think it is. Yeah, there's not a lot of openings. Um, It's it's going to be interesting for sure. I I don't think Zimmer is gone um, for the record. Um, I don't think I don't think Zimmer is either. So that means we've got Urban's obviously already gone. Um, Yeah. I don't think uh, Biscotti um, is ultimately going to stick around unless they make the playoffs. Which I don't think so either. Say is not happening, so that's two. I think Coley's safe with the Texans. I think they did enough without with that terrible roster to keep him yeah. around. Dan Campbell's obviously safe. I think they've come out. Joe Judge is safe. Robert Sala yep. is safe. Is I River think- is Riverboat Ron on the hot oh, seat? I definitely, definitely. You oh, think no, he's sorry, on the- Definitely safe. Sorry. Oh, I think he's safe. safe. I think he's safe too. Yeah. Um, but so we got Matt Rule, Pete Carroll's not going anywhere. We've got Nagy, we've got Vic potentially. Stefanski's too safe. Um, Zimmer, I think, is safe. Um, Flores yeah, is safe. I, I really nobody else, really. Do you think the lack of quarterback play on these teams is what's keeping them alive? Like the ability for them to be like, dude, you saw what quarterbacks we had. Like we can't win with that. Or do you think it's just too early for some of these? guys to get bounced or to get axed i just think it's their record they're all mediocre i mean fix yeah seven and nine zimmer seven and nine flores is eight and eight like there's how many wins above replacement are you really expecting to change because of the coaching position versus what you're able to do with the other positions well and also what are you changing about those teams that you know the coaching is what ultimately takes you over the top with you know there's not we've talked about the quarterbacks you know if Rodgers and Russ stay put who's the biggest quarterback name that's moving Kirk Cousins 
Well, probably be, Watson. Watson. Well, Wat- Watson, yes. But, but like, yes. yeah, I don't know, dude. Cousins, yeah, probably. And the rookies aren't exciting this year. So it's not like you're going to fall into a high-end rookie that, you know, you get a new coach in to build around. And, and so it, I think, yeah, all of those factors, it's it's really weird. There, Yeah, the only options are Cousins, Mayfield, and Matt Ryan. And I don't think Mayfield or Matt Ryan are moving this next year either. No. All right. Well, we will see, but we will give you a full breakdown of all of the firings, um, especially if they involve the Broncos and Bears. But um, thanks for listening, everybody. And oh, okay, <laughs> you're you're gonna pull a uh, John Gruden on us, huh? Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next week. Peace.